This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. This week, I'm joined by two shadows in the corner of my room making me uncomfortable and a ghost of Halloween past. I'm joined by Brian Murray. I'm a hoodie on a chair. Renee Rodriguez. Catchphrase. And special guest from Dismay Comics, Brandon Ingram. Uh, I'm here. I was trying to think of a catchphrase, could not think of one. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. We're going to talk a little bit to Brandon here in a second. But before I get into things, I want to say we have a little bit of an announcement. We want to take a minute to shout out all the amazing work librarians do to promote comic books. Comics are fun and awesome and sometimes the perfect gateway to books for people who don't think of themselves as readers. And libraries are a great place to get books to read physically or digitally. If you can't afford to buy comics that you want to read, which frankly, you saw all of our wish list. That's all of us here on the show. This is why we won't shut up about Hoopla. A while ago, we moved away from talking about upcoming books releasing this week because immediacy did not reflect our actual reading habits. And we're very certain that it didn't reflect all of yours. We recognize tons of comic book readers trade or wait for the library to have what they want to read and that is super cool this is a great moment to remind everybody that stealing comics by reading pirated digital scans is deeply uncool on several levels especially when the library likely does have or can get what you want if you want to read a comic but don't want to pay go to the library and if they don't have what you want ask the librarian because they likely have a book request feature and have or are open to having a digital service like hoopla that does some day and date books as soon as they're released like boom studios image so on and so forth I want to say thank you to all of our libraries out there, libraries rule, and thank you to all the folks out there that we know are librarians that listen to this show. We saw some work and some other things out there very recently about piracy and people just pirating books nonstop. And we really think that that's a shame because comics are such is such a broken landscape in terms of the amount of books that are out there that people are reading, the amount of books that are out there that people aren't paying for. And the industry is very, very small. No matter how big you think it is, it's actually much smaller than it appears. Uh, the number of people reading comics is extremely small. And if you're not paying for comics, this industry will fail. This is why books fall off. This is why books disappear. This is why you say, oh, this thing that I love suddenly stopped coming out. It's because people aren't paying for comics. So we want you to go buy them. We want you to buy them, get your library to buy them. Because ultimately, when you're reading them through these uh, quote unquote official systems, they're counted as purchases, counted as reads, and they're actually seen as things that should be continued on by the different publishers out there. So end rant we just wanted to say thank you to all of our librarians thank you to everyone who's out there buying and making sure they can get comics in the right way so um let's dive into things we're here to talk about comic books we have a very special guest so i guess before we get into the legally mandated questions that i have on the show every week brandon thank you so much for coming and joining us on i read comic books could you tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself yeah so i'm brandon ingram i love writing um i've specifically been writing comic books for a few years now uh really enjoy it really love it Kind of my brand name is Disney Comics. Uh, and yeah, I, I just love it. I, I've loved comics, reading comics, since I was a little kid, buying a box of comics at a yard sale. Like it was a whole shoebox full of comics, a bunch of 70s, 80s stuff. And I've, I've just loved it ever since. And on top of the whole library thing, I want to mention that was a big part of how I truly got into constantly reading comics was going to my library because when i was in like early high school i have a limited amount of money so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i would just go to my local library pick up a ton of graphic novels because it wasn't a giant graphic novel section but it was a pretty good one and over the years it's just built and built that section so it's awesome to see 
Yeah, 100%. And, you know, we're so glad to have you on the show today. Um, we are going to talk a little bit about the Kickstarter that you have running that I'm I'm really excited about. You gave us a sneak peek into that, which is really cool. But I guess let's get into things. We're here to talk about comic books to start. So I've got two legally mandated questions. That's how have you been? How have comic books been? Let's start with you, Renee. Well, Miguel, um, I've been uh, I've been terrible, honestly. It's not been good. Um, <laughs> All right, moving on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. It's been fine. Um, I've been good. I've just been, you know, just, you know, my life's so uninteresting. Uh, okay. But, you know, what I've been reading since it's October, and October is famously known as spooky season, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not much of a spooky horror person. I've never been, and I don't think I ever will be. So I decided instead I would reread One Piece. So basically, I've just been crying for the last twenty odd days. Yes, <laughs> I'm. Uh, so the last chapter I read, which was actually right before this, was uh, chapter four hundred and four. I'm in the middle of the Ennis Lobby arc, and yeah, so I, you know, think I'm pretty on pace to actually catch up or catch back up. Not that I wasn't current, but looking to be back caught up by the end of the month. So it's a, uh, it's been fun. Uh, if you haven't read One Piece, read One Piece because it's great. Uh, it's by Ichiro Oda and his assistants. It's phenomenal. It's about pirates. There's so much heart uh, as well as heartbreak. Um, it's adventure. I love it. Uh, you know, Mike read one piece actually not that long ago, mm-hmm. uh, made the journey. And we do have a shirt in our merch that says everything, anything is possible after one piece, which I think is also pretty accurate. I've just been having a great time. I think this actually might be the uh, the new standard. Just every October, reread One Piece. Renee, uh, that is so many comics to read. That's a thousand plus chapters, and we're art. It's like a thousand sixty three or sixty eight now. Like, that's too much, dude. You can't do this yeah, to man. yourself. I don't see the problem. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm having I'm having a great time. I love all the characters. I love that manga. And again, it was something I just decided to do on a whim. And then next thing you know. 400 chapters later, I'm mm-hmm. still having a great time. Danny in the chat is saying that Renee's trying to lap all these nerds that are out there behind in One Piece, straight up calling out some of the folks on our Discord who we know are trying to read One Piece for the first time. So straight up, Renee, this is pretty rude of you. It's not my fault that they're not reading faster. <laughs> <laughs> I How long do you think read? it's going to take you to get to where it currently is like while you're rereading it? Um, honestly, some days are slower than others, so I don't know. Um, I'm hoping that by, well, it's probably, I'm probably, I'm thinking probably end of November as we get into Christmas season. Dang, that's pretty good. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that like when the first snow falls that I'll be, um, you know, after the time skip. So, but you know, Mm -hmm. we're in the Midwest, so who knows? Yeah, it could snow next weekend or it could snow in January. We just don't know. <laughs> yeah, who who knows? Uh, I would like to be caught all the way back up before the new year, though, um, which, again, like I'm I'm also like I'm going to read today's chapter anyway, because I am caught up anyways. But it's right. it's sort of fun to sort of go back and, you know, sort of re-catch up and, and you know, sort of remember things that, you know, are po- possibly a little bit hazy. And then also, again, I my my best friend also is very much into one piece so we can sort of bring back up uh you know old theories that we had and and sorts of things so it's just i'm having a great time well i guess i'm happy for you um thank you as much as i can be uh brian <laughs> what about you how are you how comic books been <laughs> i've been good um want to go back and revisit my my last appearance on the show when i was reading dc versus vampires mm-hmm. uh, i did finish that volume for for today it was it was good 
No, I, I enjoyed it. I did not see the, the twist ending coming in, in part because it's kind of like, like stupid bullshit they made up. So like it, it would have been impossible to have seen it coming because they changed the rules of vampires kind of, mm-hmm. but you know, whatever it was still a, still a nice surprise. Batman definitely got fully fucked over and possibly doomed the world because he can't communicate, mm-hmm. which is classic. Whole Batman. Bag. Yeah. <laughs> He, he he didn't trust anybody, and so instead of uh, working with Superman, he blew kryptonite dust into Superman's face, uh, and then the vampires got Superman because of that. So, so way to go, Batman! Good thing okay. you're too dead to have to worry about it yourself, <laughs> because Nightwing punched a hole in his chest. <laughs> Brian, I wow. want a series where it's just you reading Batman stories and then explaining them in that way. Yeah. Just yeah. All, all the problems. With Talking Batman. about how a decent therapist could have out, could have solved a lot of these problems. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> Take my money. I want it. So Batman just king of the hill pocket sanded Superman? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. He had That's like not- a... Like a, like a kryptonite fake tooth, you know, like a Soviet spy mm-hmm. trying to kill himself. And oh, he just uh, popped that thing and then blew it in his face. Amazing. He also, wow. uh, he outsmarted uh, Great Vampire Green Lantern uh, by yellowing the whole the whole room. Nice. Um, Classic. We're going back to the uh, Green Lantern's powers don't work on yellow. Right thing wow that is old i think they did that in what was it all-star batman as well (laughs) batman and robin painted the room yellow (laughs) and were like what are you gonna do now green lantern we're even painted yellow oh man that's amazing (laughs) yeah it's it's bananas a lot of fun (laughs) Mm because bananas Mm -hmm. are yellow shut (laughs) up you said it brian what else did you read i read uh Dinosaur Sanctuary Volume 1, which was my top of my pile from last time as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is written and drawn by Itaru Kinoshida with research consultation by Shinichi Fujiwara, who's a doctorate in paleontology. Cool. This is the story of Suma Suzume. She's a new dino keeper at Inoshima Dino Land. This is a world where dinosaurs were basically rediscovered in the 40s. Uh, and so it's all about how there was this big dinosaur boom. Everybody wanted to see dinosaurs. And now 80 years later, it's just kind of passe. Dinosaurs are old hat. No one's like excited about dinosaurs anymore. How? But okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's this this young woman who is starting at as a dino keeper who is a, a huge dino nerd. And she's got this whole like. I want to show everybody that dinosaurs aren't just big, scary monsters. They're actually like living creatures with feelings and stuff. I, I think that we're going to we're going to see how that works out for her. Mm-hmm. Definitely seems like her father was eaten by a dinosaur. So uh, it, it's it's unclear. It's it's only been hinted at so far, but, okay. but they're still not big, scary monsters. That, that was just an accident. Yeah, could have happened to anybody. <laughs> Brian, I just saw your note in the notes. <laughs> I just I just wrote bold strategy cotton.jpg right. at the end of my sentence. You know, this people at home can't read our notes. You got you got to say that stuff that's out loud. Hey, they can if they're on Patreon. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Perfect plug. Well, um 
Yeah, I mean, I was already on board for the premise because I, I read Jurassic Park when I was way too young to be reading that book. Right, right. But I love that there's actually like dinosaur facts in it. Like it's they, they got their money's worth out of that research consultant. That's awesome. This is so not only is it entertaining, but it's actually like they're using real dino facts in the book. So kids are maybe kind of learning some things in this book. Yeah. And, and not just like, did you know that birds evolved from dinosaurs? They're like, well, actually, because Giganotosaurus' head was much narrower than T-Rex's, its bite force wasn't as powerful. <laughs> like, like niche dino shit. Yeah, that's so cool. Of course, like 10-year-olds everywhere are loving this stuff, right? Yeah. And and you, obviously, a full-grown adult. <laughs> yeah, because I, I am mentally 10 years old. <laughs> well, uh, I guess with that, Brandon, how, how are you? How have comic books been? What have you been reading? Uh, so, yeah, there was kind of a fracture in my mind when it came to a specific comic book character about a month ago because I am currently on a big Superman binge. And the reason for that is in high school, Superman uh, for all or not for all seasons, the Grant Morrison one, All-Star Superman. All-Star Superman, yeah. Was my number one Superman book. But then as time progressed, specifically a few months ago, I read Tom King's Superman Up in the Sky, and I loved it. I thought it was amazing, and I was like, I want to go back and read some of the old Superman books I, I loved and read. Mm-hmm. I went back and read uh, All-Star Superman. I was like, this is really good, but it's not my favorite anymore. <gasps> Superman Up in the Sky, in my opinion, is better than All-Star Superman by Grant Morrison. Oh, man, so, right, we have uh, to stop recording right now. I think, like... <laughs> It's a very hot take. I'm actually here for this. With a bunch of lists. That's the thing is a bunch of lists will say all-star Superman, number one Superman comic. I will agree that it deserves to be in top 10 list and maybe even in top five list. But I don't think it's the number one Superman comic. I mean, not just Superman up in the sky. There's a bunch of stuff I've read over the past year that I think is kind of better. Okay. But basically, all this is to preface that I am currently on a binge journey of rereading a bunch of Superman stuff that I loved in the past and also reading a bunch of well-acclaimed Superman stuff that has came out. And I'm trying to basically figure out in my head what is my favorite Superman story. So far, Up in the Sky is at the top, but I'm willing... I, I, it's not like I'm saying like, oh, it's going to stay there. I'm fine if something takes over. So mm-hmm. I mentioned all that because right now I'm currently reading Superman for all seasons again. I, I've read it in the past, loved it, reading it now, um, and I absolutely love it. I don't know if it'll be a beat up in the sky so far, but easily in my top five Superman stories because I, I love this story. I love the art by Tim Sell, um, as well as the coloring uh, by Jarn Hansen is absolutely beautiful. Like there's a double page splash in this comic where it's, Clark Kent in his like city attire, like he's about to go off to Metropolis. And then on the other side of the page, it's Pa Kent in his like farmer attire. And they're both watching this beautiful sunset. And the conversation that they're having while they're watching is just amazing. And I told one of my friends, which I know it's going to cost a lot more than this. If that ever goes up for auction, I will pay four digits to get that original piece. I know likely mm-hmm. it's going to be five, six digits, but mm-hmm. that's my my cheap budget. I'm willing to pay 
a thousand bucks or whatever. Well, so much. <laughs> I mean, for, for millennials, that's like a life changing amount of money. Right. So. Exactly. But I, I love that page, but I love the comic. But uh, but yeah, that's mostly what I've been doing is a Superman binge. Gotcha. And reading well, that. I, I am curious. I don't actually know this story at all. Like I know Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. What's what's for all seasons about? If you could give like a high level summary of it. Yeah, so for all seasons, basically, it's uh, there's a million of them out there because that's the thing. There's a million Superman origin comics out there, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of good ones. But it's like, can we like, can we do more than just origin stories? Uh, mm-hmm. But I do really like for all seasons. It is kind of an origin. It starts with Clark. He's basically a senior in high school. He's about to graduate, and he doesn't really know what he wants to do with his life after he graduates. Uh, he does. He hasn't thought about the Superman thing yet. And it's kind of a, the beginning of it's kind of a journey of him uh, thinking about that. And where should he go if he wants to become Superman and save people and all this? Mm-hmm. And it's just a really great story. It's four issues, four chapters, basically. And each issue is a new season. Like it starts in spring, then it's summer, then it's fall, then it's winter. Um, and it seems like each one is a year apart. It doesn't seem like it's all within one year. Gotcha. But it's it's really good. The first one is there's a narration box. In the narration box, the first one is Pa Kent's perspective on Superman and everything going on there. The second one, the narration box, is Lois Lane's perspective, everything going on there. Third issue is Lex Luthor his perspective and then the fourth one i haven't got there yet and i don't remember what it is i'll have to see but i'm really enjoying it that i mean you're you've, you've sold me i you know jeff Loeb, tim sale that's an easy sell i mean i love the long halloween I, and I'll, i only the only reason i bring this up is is because i'm not very well versed with dc at all like i read a lot of comic books but i feel like i still am lacking on like my what's actually the big stuff to know from dc that's not the dark knight you know like i don't know yeah, what the yeah. best of the best stuff is um Yes, Danny. Yeah, that's an easy sale. That's that's the pun for today. I've I'm done. Um, but this this sounds really cool, and it, it's funny to see this, and then also know that the long Halloween happened, which is kind of a similar like time based story that's based around some other things. Yeah. I yeah. I have to wonder, did Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale do a story about Wonder Woman like this? I don't know. Someone tell me, please. That would be that's all I want to know. Um, but this sounds super cool. Uh, I I'll definitely give this a look. I've got it. It's in my Amazon wish list right now. It's probably going to get bought right after the show (laughs) if uh anyone is looking for great superman recommendations i i can easily hit people up and give them that because i when i was a teenager batman was my favorite superhero i think batman was everyone's favorite superhero when they were a teenager but as Mm -hmm. i grew up like superman is it for me i love superman and everything that superman embodies uh i i just can't get enough and there's a ton of great stories that are underappreciated and underread because when it comes to DC, Batman is what sells. So right, right. I say, Brandon, um, I'm gonna need that list. And also, is there a way? Are you <laughs> posting your Superman journey on social media? Because I would like to follow, or you know, uh, uh, you have my attention. I, I love I Superman as to. well. So uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm all about that. That sounds incredible. Here for it. Yeah, I need to because the only thing I've really posted was whenever I finally reread All Star Superman. I had I made a TikTok. I'm, I'm hip with the kids. I made yeah, a TikTok, <laughs> uh, basically saying that Up in the Sky is better than All Star Superman. I didn't say it was the best Superman story. I just said mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think it's better than All Star Superman. And surprisingly, a lot of people 
liked that take and there were a bunch of people not a bunch but the few that had read up in the sky were like yeah yeah definitely finally someone says it and then there's all the all-star superman purists that are like what are you talking about i'm gonna get you like chill yeah. like we're lucky that paul wasn't superman. on this episode today <laughs> <laughs> our buddy paul is very very you know i think he could he'd have some words about that but you know either way yeah yeah what else have you been reading anything else so the last thing I read, it's actually a floppy. I, I don't really pick up much DC or Marvel floppies nowadays. I pick up the sure. trades and I also read it digitally on the apps and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had to pick up this. It was Star Wars Visions number one. I know this yeah. came out almost two weeks ago, but I loved this. For people that don't know, this is kind of a prequel to the dual episode in Star Wars Visions, the anthology show, which I really like, and I know it's split. I know some people like it, some people don't. Mm-hmm. I really liked Visions. It's, to me, in my own opinion, the thing I've liked the most out of Star Wars the past two or three years. So I'm, I'm down for it. And reading this comic, I liked it a lot. The art is absolutely beautiful because it's, it's that manga-type art style, but the coloring when the coloring is used as well as the lettering yeah it's it's usually used whenever lightsabers are ignited or whenever blasters are are firing and stuff Mm -hmm. and that's where the colors pop and it's so beautiful as well as whenever droids are like boop 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 like doing all their noises (laughs) the lettering is specific colors as well it's like holy crap like that is very very good uh the story it's not a super complex story, but it was great. The artwork is really what shines in this. As much as I love it, I'm a little bit disappointed because it's like, why is this a one-shot Marvel? Yeah. I want more of this. Like, like I don't feel satisfied. It feels like you gave me a tiny piece of a very delicious steak. Like, here you go. And I taste it. I was like, man, this is really good. I'm still hungry. Can I have some more? It's like, no, no, no. That was it. It's like, why did you even show me the steak in the first place? Like, <laughs> yep, yep. Well, it's because yeah. if they go more than like three issues without referencing Luke Skywalker, the Star Wars fans will implode. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking, like, sure, the ongoing series, I get that that might not sell. I think it will sell, but they they know better than I. But this could at least be like a four issue miniseries or a six yeah. issue miniseries. Yeah. And yeah. if you're trying to cut costs, do it digitally. I prefer physical, but if you're trying to cut those costs, do it digitally. I want more of this in a comic book form. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I love this, this little one shot. It was a fantastic read and, yeah, I would love to see like maybe a digital first. Like I'm not going to get on the soapbox about this, but digital first and then maybe physical release later, right? I mean, the, yeah, the yeah. downside of this book is that it is read left to right, even though it's very much a manga. But um, I, you know, I'll let them slide if it means that we can we can get more of this story. I, I would love to see more of it. It's just a, such a cool premise, and like the style is really cool, and the twist in the middle of the book is really interesting. Like they really like knocked it out of the park. It's such a fun, fun little book. Oh yeah, and, and it is kind of a downside that it's left to right, but I will say I think this is possibly a way you can get manga fans to come over to reading a comic book because I thought about this a couple months ago. Sure. People that read comics are more open to going over and reading manga than people that read manga coming over and reading comics. 
I I maybe I don't I don't know if I if I agree with that. <laughs> I feel like I know a lot of comic fans that are like I can't even understand reading right to left. Like it's a it's a thing. But maybe you're talking to different people. I don't know everybody in the world. So um. <laughs> what I'm talking somehow the the South Alabama people here are somehow saying yeah I love going over and reading manga. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Good. I, I love a uh, good uh, defying stereotypes. Right. <laughs> I live in South Alabama. There's a lot of people that are like this. That's <laughs> yes. That's a that's that's amazing. Well, um, no, I'm glad you enjoyed that because I I really dug it too, and I hope maybe we'll get some more in the future. I think the key thing here is maybe Takashi Okazaki is busy, and maybe they want to make sure that if they're gonna do it, they want to do it with him. So. We'll see. Maybe maybe this would be like a yearly thing. Maybe we'll just get little like one off one shots every once in a while. Who knows? Right. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Oh, well, for me, um, I have been I'm going to I'm going to start with a little bit of a rant. I'm not going to talk about X-Men books today because I could. <gasps> I know I've been reading all of this AXE Judgment Day stuff um, and I've been digging it. However, I I don't buy my books physically because I gave up on that with Marvel because they're it's it's all trash, poor quality paper, yada, yada, yada. But I would give Marvel a hundred dollars a year extra on top of everything that I pay for comics if they would give me AXE or any subsequent large storyline that involves me reading multiple like issues beyond just one ongoing miniseries like if they gave me like a a clear numbering system in order that i need to read that is not just a checklist in the back of a book because i can't tell you the number of issues i've read out of order in this axe thing and order is extremely important in this book or this this ongoing uh, event that they're doing with axe where i have to jump between the x axe day of judgment axe judgment day AXE Eternals one-shot, AXE X-Men one-shot, AXE Iron Fist one-shot. Like, all of these things are important because they're all written by Kieran Gillen and they're all interesting and I want to read them because, honestly, they've all been really good. The problem is that they're published slightly out of order and when I open them up on my iPad or whatever, I have no idea which one comes before the next one unless I open up a checklist before I get it. If Marvel wants to do a 25-issue arc, do it. Just do, just give me 25 issues, right? Give me three a month. Just clearly number the order that I need to read them in. I I feel like this is like the oldest complaint in the book about crossover events, and I get it. But oh my gosh, AXE is so good. I want to read it in order. I'm actually excited about every single tie-in that I can get my hands on. I really, really want to read this event, but I keep getting spoiled by these one-shots one because I don't know what they're supposed, what order they're supposed to be in. Like, Ideally, I wish we could just get a single story, like 25 issues long. I'll buy all 25 issues if it's all good. And it seems like they know how to do events very well. Like, why not just drop a series of like 120 page graphic novels every month for like three or four months straight? Because you know what? I'll buy it. It's not like you don't have fanboys out there who weren't going to just sit down and grab all of these Avengers, X-Men, Eternals crossover stuff. Like you've already got all the buy in. Just give us chunks of story that we have to read in one go rather than having to navigate between six or seven books <sighs> i'm just i'm just tired 
Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're describing exactly why I don't read that stuff. I know. The frustrating part about it is, is that it's so good. Like, this event is really, really cool and really, really good. Kieran Gillen's doing his, like, emotions are important about everything, but also doing some really cool superhero stuff and also twisting the idea of Eternals on the head and also twisting the AXE or the House of X stuff on its head. Like, it all works super, super well. And the Avengers are there because Tony Stark is, he's maybe a bad guy who's trying to redeem himself. But anyways, it's... Uh, what is it, Tuesday? <sighs> Yeah, I know. It's good, man. I just wish Marvel would do something that would actually be easy for fans rather than try to just like I'm already paying like 20 bucks a week to get all of these tie in issues. Why not just give me all of those books? All what is that? 85 pages, 100 pages. Just give me one little graphic novel that I can read and in the order that they're supposed to be in or something like I'm just so frustrated by it, guys. Anyways, I mean, it'll probably be out in order on Hoopla in like six years, and that's when I'll read it. <laughs> yeah. say, you know, you know what comes to mind as a solution to this is they they did just release that one large version of One Piece that's all in one volume. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, listen, we've already talked about the show. Anyway, I just had to get that rant out there because I. I read another issue of AXE this morning before the show, and it spoiled something that comes up in the following issue. <laughs> I was so mad about it. Uh, so anyways, I did read some good books, though. I'm um, very excited to talk about that. The first book I read was 8 Billion Genies number 5. This is uh, Ryan Brown and Charles Soule. This feels like an issue where I'm not so sure if the concept can really hold my interest much longer. The idea of everyone in the world gets a genie and any wish is pretty much possible with the exception of like you cannot influence someone else's mind, body and yada yada. But like it's a pretty cool, fun little concept. And the first four issues were really fun. The fourth issue had like a questionable thing at the end that I was like, all right, let's roll with this and see what's happening. You know, I trust Ryan Brown. I trust Charles soul. Um, but I don't know. I I'm going to see this through to the end because it's only eight issues long because they're really holding on to this idea of the number eight, like eight billion genies, eight hours is the first issue. Eight days is the second issue. Eight weeks is the, you know, third issue, so on and so forth. And there's only going to be eight issues total. So I'm curious to see how it all plays out. But, um, the concept is kind of breaking and I'm kind of worried that it's going to end with like a, like a wet fart instead of actually landing. So yeah, I don't know. Have you guys read this at all? No, no, I've never even heard of this. Oh, it's really funny. It's very fun. Um, but obviously my complaints still stand. Um, the other, <laughs> the other book that I read was called a cat's day. Uh, this is by Jeannie Liang. I got this off a of Kickstarter. Uh, it's a, it's a published by short, short box comics. So you can go grab a copy of this now if you want. Um, the idea is of it is it's a little graphic novel. It's about 175 pages. And it's a really fun little read. Um, Samo is the main character works as a file manager who believes that life is time and money and numbers. And that's all that matters. You know, people, try to live their life in like a flowy manner, but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, we all still have to pay bills. We all have to go, still have to go to work. Um, but so when she's offered the opportunity to travel back in time using a magical time traveling day planner to basically catch up on things that she misses, she immediately jumps at it and uh, to, she uses it to increase her work efficiency. But the question is, at what cost? <laughs> this book really kind of nails like it's a, it's a wild concept, but it really nails the idea of why do we human beings in the world work so hard and so much outside of the idea of money and bills? And once we are able to achieve maybe some of the minor goals that we have, why do we continue to drive ourselves into the ground? I think this kind of is a book written by a, you know, someone who's probably in their mid to late 20s, um, kind of asking the question of like, 
why am I working so hard to achieve things when all I really want is ice cream? You know, I, I really like the idea. It's a simple looking book. The art is really fun and, and animated. Like there's a lot of really interesting dynamic stuff that's happening. And I think it it takes this kind of goofy concept and asks some super tough questions and gives like kind of a bland answer, but in a really smart way. So if you're looking for something that's that's going to be really out there and interesting that, again, tackles this question that Danny posed in the chat, capitalism is bad. Like, I think it's really, really good. I think you'd enjoy it. So it's called A Cat's Day. I, I highly recommend it. It's really fun. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, that, so the super tough questions is what flavor of ice cream do I choose? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. As as a lifelong underachiever, can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I, I think there's a lot of people out there who have been who've been really burnt out who might appreciate this book. But um, you know, I'll send you a copy, Brian, and maybe you'll you'll realize something about yourself. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but let's uh let's take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the books that are on the top of our pile, and we're going to talk to Brandon a little bit about making comics and his Kickstarter that he's got running right now. So we'll be back in just a second. round out the second half of this episode of I Read Comic Books, we're going to jump right into what's on the top of our pile. So we're going to be talking about comic books that are new, old, or just books that we've been sitting on our shelves and we've just been staring at them and we can't stand it anymore. So we're going to finally read it. We're going to talk about the books that are on the top of our pile. So to get things started, Brian, what are you reading next? Yeah, so I, I just saw some news about apparently the director for the new Blade movie is changing. Um mm which is a bummer because I'm looking forward to that and I want it to come out as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. But it got to me, it got me thinking about how like I, I loved the blade movies, like the old Wesley Snipes movies for like a pillar of my teen years. Heck yeah. But I've, I've never actually read a blade comic book before. So I definitely, definitely did my research and found a good starting point. Definitely didn't just go onto hoopla and pick the first volume one that I saw. <laughs> Uh -huh. that would be irresponsible uh so this is blade volume one undead again uh written by mark guggenheim illustrations by howard chaikin uh colored by edgar delgado and letters by russ wooten uh and yeah i i know i know nothing about this book i honestly didn't even read the blurb about it i just went blade cool done <laughs> you know what that's that's that makes sense. It's it's Mark Guggenheim. I like Mark Guggenheim's writing. I think he's Why? a pretty decent writer. Listen, because he's written some good stuff. You know, Renee, we're not going to have this conversation. Right Listen, now, but this Mark, Guggenheim, Mark Guggenheim, Mark <laughs> Guggenheim, yeah. I he he doesn't even know me, but I he's my nemesis. I oh, I what? don't like him. I don't like Guggenheim at all. Wow. Okay. I don't like him as a script writer, though. I don't like him as a script writer. Sure. I, I have I will say I have read a comic or two that I did like by him, but I don't like him as a showrunner or script writer. Well, that's the thing. And like this comic is from like two thousand five or two thousand six or something yeah. like that. Maybe it's yeah. two thousand nine. It okay. was a while ago. Uh, so was Green Lantern and Percy Jackson Sea of Monsters, but you know what? Yeah. They don't hold up either. But, <laughs> sure. But I'm just looking at them like, I don't know who these people are, and I don't know if any of them have done anything fucking terrible lately. Right. So I just want to be clear that 
I, I, this is not an endorsement of any of these people. This is just the team that was on the book that I found. Yeah. You know, Howard Shaken, uh, you know, we're not even going to get into it. That's fine. Brian, good luck with this book. Not I, I think it's interesting because this, the, 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 I was looking it up. The, the synopsis on Amazon says a never before seen loom into blades, mysterious past featuring Spider-Man, Dracula, Dr. Doom, Wolverine, and Santa Claus, which like, come on, that's a Buzzfeed article full of, <laughs> buzzwords that you want to definitely see so try it out let us know brian i'm really curious to hear how how this plays out because yeah i don't know interesting blade's always cool to me oh you know how santa claus figures in (laughs) (laughs) that's great uh renee what about you what are you what are you reading next one piece Oh, okay. Um, uh, Brent, what, Brandon, what, what are you reading next? Well, well I have other things. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm reading One Piece, but also I did pick up the Deadpool manga because Brian told me about it forever ago, mm. and I oh, was yeah, like, man. I should get on that. You're going to love that shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I bought both volume one and two, so um, I don't remember what the actual title is, um, but I, I just remember that I was like, it's Deadpool. Deadpool Samurai. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, this, oh, yeah. I heard this is good. So yeah, I'm excited to read it. Um, whenever if I if I have a, a moment where I'm like, you know, I'm not feeling One Piece today, which I, I you know that may happen. Who knows? You know, I'll I'll read a Deadpool Samurai. Cool. I mean, once you get to that 500 issue mark or chapter mark of One Piece, I know that there's a little bit of a lull. So um, you know, use this to to refresh your love of manga and then jump back so into One Piece. Once once Renee has read his hundred chapters a day off of uh, the Show and Jump app, it hasn't yeah, happened you- yet uh, for for this one. I actually keep I'm a bit, I've been surprised because I keep expecting it. I was I'm like I've been reading for a while. I bet that fucking thing's gonna come back and then it hasn't. So well, the problem with One Piece sometimes is that it's so wordy. You feel like you've read fifty chapters when only two have gone by. So you know. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Good luck. Good yeah, luck. We'll but let we'll us see. know about that Deadpool manga. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, I'll let you know. Really Keep am. everyone updated. Cool. Brandon, what about you? What are you reading next? So as I mentioned before, I'm kind of on like a Superman binge. And basically what I'm reading right after uh, for all seasons will be uh, Superman American Alien. Uh, hmm. The writer, Max Landis, not a great guy. I mean, I'll, I'll put that out there. Um, yeah. You can you can look into that. But I, I don't want to discredit the artists that worked on this book because mm-hmm. the art is absolutely amazing. Each issue is done by a new art team. I, I don't remember all of them because it's a ton of artists worked on this book. But I know mm-hmm. Jay Lee did the art for one. I know Jock did the art for one. Like uh, It's beautiful, amazing art. And I remember liking the story back when it came out. So I want to read it just to see uh, if it still carries that. But the, the highlight for me was how beautiful the artwork is. So I'm definitely going to check it out. For those that don't know Superman American Alien, each issue is a different uh, period of time of Superman's life. Like the first issue is when he's like 10 or 11 years old. Then the next one is is him going off to college or whatever. It's it's branches of his time as he progresses. It's seven issues long. Uh, each issue, like I mentioned, different art team. And I remember it being fairly decent, but I remember liking the art the most from it. So that's a part of my my Superman binging journey right now. Yeah, yeah I'm just I'm just scrolling through the the wiki page that has all the uh, artists and stuff. It's like Nick Dragata, Jock, Tommy Lee Edwards, Joel Jones, uh, Francis Manipal. Like this, these are yeah. these are 
massive names oh, yeah. in comics. It's incredible. Like, I don't know how DC managed to put this whole thing together. I mean, Max Landis, say what you know, he's he's kind of a shit. Uh, AKA, he is a shit. But like, it's unbelievable. Like, the names they were able to put on this book. It's such a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I, I got American Alien when it came out, and I really did like it. And again, the art is superb. Oh um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you, Brandon. Uh, and again, gonna have to follow you on all your socials. So <laughs> very cool. Yeah, very cool. I'm I'm I'm. Ugh, you're almost making me want to reread that book, but I don't have it in an easy fashion. I don't want to support Max Landis, so it's it's a yeah, conundrum. Yeah. But we'll maybe see. I'll just mail you my copy, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> This is the right. only time when Pirates to you over No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll FaceTime and we'll have, we'll have a nightly read of Superman. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, well, the, the book that I'm, I guess before I get into my top of my pile pick, uh, Danny's hanging out with us today. He's reading Riddler Year Run. This is written by Paul Dano, so which is crazy. So um, it, I'm excited to hear people's thoughts on this because, you know, whenever we get celebrities that kind of jump in to do comics, it's always it's always a mixed bag. So hopefully hopefully this will be pretty interesting, especially because the Batman was so cool. That's, I know, but that's Paul, the guy who played Incel Riddler in the new movie, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but the book that i'm excited for i'm going to be reading next is called chef's kiss this is by Jarrett melendez art by danica brine colors by hank jones and letters by hasan otsmani elhow i i grabbed this actually a while back at gen con um because of course i went to a gaming convention and somehow found somebody selling comic books um and so i had to grab their book uh they were actually working at the oni press booth uh, and so I, I grabbed it from them and they signed it and they wrote on the inside, you know, be gay, do crimes, which like I appreciate. Uh, but yeah, this is pitched to me as like a, a gay romance slash food comic. And I was super sold. Like it's about someone discovering like their purpose in life beyond just their sexuality and more like understanding who they are and what they want to do in life, what makes them happy and what type of people make them happy um, from paging through. It's really, really cute looking. It's full of very, very beautiful people. The cover is by Kevin Wada. So right off the gate, you're like, Oh my gosh, these dudes are, are, are beautiful. Um, and Jarrett Melendez was really nice to talk to. Um, he was really hyped. And I really appreciate when like a, you know, comic creator is like, not just excited about like you coming to talk to them, but also like really excited when they they're talking about their book um, in a way that's it's very endearing. So I'm excited to grab this. I just haven't picked it up off the shelf. And I saw it as I was paging through the um, stacks of books that I have that I need to read. And I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this one next. So very much looking forward to this. And I think it's gonna be it's gonna be really cute and really fun. Um, but it's from Oni Press, so you could probably get it at your library or something because they always publish things or push things out to Hoopla and all that stuff pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, I guess let's 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 talk about uh, you, Brandon. Let's talk a little bit more about your Kickstarter. Uh, maybe for the folks at home who haven't checked the show notes and clicked on the Kickstarter link and click that support button, um, <laughs> what is your Kickstarter that you have running for Dismay Avenue's issues number one and two? So yeah, Dismay Avenue uh, issues one and two. It's my horror anthology series. Uh, specifically issues one and two are more leaning into psychological, uh, cosmic, a little bit supernatural horror. The series as a whole, as it goes on, it'll vary. There's going to be all kinds of horror. There's going to be one issue where it's nothing but horror comedies and stuff. But, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, specific, specifically issues one and two. The first issue follows a couple named Ben and Mia who go on a movie date night to a movie theater that's kind of on the outskirts of town, and it's pretty dead. It's a huge cineplex, but no one's in the parking lot. There's like two concession stand workers and like some 
weird guy with his hoodie over his head, like standing off in the lobby. But that's pretty much it. And it kind of goes from there. And and they're kind of joking, talking about like how weird this place is. And as it progresses, it's like, yeah, this place, there's there's something up here. And Mm -hmm. it it progresses Mm -hmm. very well there. That one is very much like a psychological horror. The artwork is done by Jade Sky and she blows it out of the water. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. She's able to capture very great atmospheric, surreal art. That's the best way to put it. That's me uh, as a writer lacking the words to describe it. Sure. But it's, it's very well done. And then with issue two, Issue one, I should mention, is over 40 pages of story. Issue two is over 60 pages of story, and there's four different stories in that, uh, all varied stories. One is a little boy having to stay after school one day, and creepy stuff happens from there. And that one is like a manga art style, because I, I love uh, I love manga, but Junji Ito, his horror stuff, is what got me into manga. And yeah. so this story is very much influenced by Junji Ito's storytelling as well as his art style because Gaetano Matriglio, the guy who did the art for that story, Tolls the Bells, he is able to capture that Junji Ito vibe very well. It's a very creepy story. Dude, yeah. that I mean, that was... <laughs> that issue or that story by itself was like floored me. I, I'll, I'll just say that. You, you were kind enough to, to give us a preview of this stuff. Um, and man, that that story really was like, holy smokes, like you've got something very special on your hands here. Yeah. As a kid who was stuck at school after hours a lot, um, how dare you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sleep for a week. Um, but yeah, it was no, it was great. Uh, and the, the Junji Ito vibes totally get it. And totally it was, there. It yeah. was great. The fact that it freaked me out so much and uh, I read it during the day because I'm not a moron. I know who I am. Um, <laughs> I was like, look, sun's up. We're going to do this. We're, <laughs> let's go. And uh, I'm still I'm still not OK. Um, so, you know, <laughs> you know, horror. That was great. It was great. But also. Yeah, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I'm glad you feel that way. If that, that sounds awful to say. Yeah, no, I get it. Because that's the intended I get, thing. I, I meant it in a nice way. Like, like yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think you, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it, but also like, why? <laughs> not to not to undercut the creep fact or anything, but if anybody's thinking, ah, oh, this might be too scary for me, uh, Renee's kind of a chicken. It's true, so. right? <laughs> Very. Accurate. I mean. But that's the thing that, you know, it's interesting about this. You know, we've got a lot of varying, like, you've got a lot of things. And I mean, Brandon, I'm going to cut you off about describing the stories in here. No, but yeah, like, you're good. I, the folks or folks at home, I mean, check out the the preview you can get on uh, on Kickstarter. There's a lot of good depictions as to what you can expect. So, you know, if horror is not your thing, you know, it's sorry. But also, I thought this was like fantastic. Like every story had like a very interesting just like thought behind it and you weren't trying to tell the same horror story over and over. Um, it's It's really, really cool to see like a range of styles and stuff, um, especially that second, the second issue. Um, there's so much, so much, so many different things. I've been watching all the Hellraiser movies recently, and I'm like, this, this thing totally clicked with me, especially the first story, that story about the the little girl with the bell, like loving that, that, yeah, that yeah. vibe is totally working for the month of October for me. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that one, Destination. Little girl goes into a thrift shop. She finds a little triangle, like musical triangle, hits it, and she gets transported to different dimensions every time she hits it, and it mm-hmm. never goes right each time. I hate when that happens. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely hate that because I go to thrift shops all the time. I'm just always hopping from dimension to, to another dimension. Uh, not the Beastie Boy song. Not another dimension. Another dimension. <laughs> uh, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Right. Yeah. Eventually, I'll go to that dimension where it's just them constantly saying that, and I'll be like, "Oh my gosh, I I need to die now." <laughs> <laughs> the true horror. Um, yeah. So I, you know, Brandon, I'm curious. You know, what you said you got started with like manga with uh, with Junji Ito and stuff. I guess what put you down the path of writing horror comics? I mean. I know you've done some other stuff, but Disney uh, Avenue one and two. I mean, it seems like you're you're you've got plans for three and four as well. Like what sets you down this path? Oh, yeah. I, I first want to mention there's scripts done for all the way up to like issue seven. But that doesn't mean there can't be more. But I already have scripts sure. completely finished up to issue seven. But what got me down the horror path is kind of just growing up on horror movies and horror shows and horror literature uh, all throughout my life. I mean. When I was a little kid, I remember my cousin coming over and she was a huge horror movie fan and I couldn't really watch horror because I was like nine or 10 and I can't watch the crazy stuff, which rightfully so makes sense. But she would come over. uh, We would go to our uncle's house. Our uncle would take us to a video rental store. I know crazy video (laughs) rental stores. People, do you remember them? We would go there and uh, she rented Saw 3. I had never heard of any oh of the other God. Saw movies. Cool. I, I had never heard of any of the Saw movies, and we watched it. And uh, for better or for worse, I think that impacted me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll change you if you're yeah. if you're young. Because I will say, I will say, with Saw three, it might not be like the most gruesome Saw movie, but it has like some of the craziest like feels real traps and stuff and it just uh, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh but yeah from there as well as i just grew up on watching horror movies like i remember watching the on cable so this is the edited version of a nightmare on elm street with my dad when i was like six or seven um Mm -hmm. even though it was cable and all the bloody stuff was edited it was still creepy because six or seven year old it's like ah whenever i go to sleep whenever i'm in my dreams that's that's even happier time. Cause when you're six or seven, it's already happy, but it's like, right. when I'm asleep, I'm even happier. But then it's like, wait, this guy's going to possibly kill me in my sleep. Yeah. So I, had to, I would sleep with mom and dad for a few nights after that. Cause that was terrifying. Right. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. But that as well as just stuff like Rod Serling's the twilight zone, that's a huge, huge influence on me mm-hmm. when it comes to writing mm-hmm. horror anthologies, because I, Absolutely love Rod Serling. I think he is a master at short horror stories. Uh, those episodes, some of the special effects might not be great or whatever, but the story, the writing is so good that you do not care about that. Yeah, that's I. You know what? That that's a list of things um, that would make sense uh, for someone to want to be interested <laughs> in writing horror. Um, yeah, no, that's 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 fantastic. I mean, um, I can I can see like pulling inspiration from a ton of different avenues i'm not a huge horror fan I, I do enjoy reading horror comics but really can't do a lot of horror movies with the exception of hellraiser for some reason it's clicked in my head finally after 34 years of, of living but um 
No, that's that's awesome. I've always loved like. We're not going to dig into that. (laughs) (laughs) Mike's finally into bondage, Uh, but uh, (laughs) anyways, uh, I don't know. Renee, Brian, I've been I've been talking and yelling so much. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely also a huge horror movie fan. Um, Mine is more specific to creature features. Do have you written or do you plan to write any like monster comics specifically? Oh yeah, heck yeah! Like there's. If not in like some of the Disney Avenue stories, like within an anthology issue, like there could, there's a few ideas I have where it's like, this might just be its own series that heavily feature monster horror. So yeah, like I, I love writing any and all branches of horror because horror is very broad. Um, Mm. Overall, I love writing any genre, but horror is kind of the, not saying like, safe place for me but it's the thing that comes to me the easiest when it comes to writing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I, I totally feel you horror is a lot like science fiction in the sense that like it's a genre but there's also 18 different ways you can exactly. take it yeah exactly I, I'm, I'm very much not a horror fan as we as we've uh, as we've mentioned um uh uh so I, i'm uh, like as brian said i'm a big old chicken terrified very easily uh which i my notes while i was reading this series so this again i mean this as a compliment because it spooked me very bad but again i'll again take that with a grain of salt because i'm easily scared uh but i put this in verbatim in my notes mike don't you ever fucking do this to me again i'm not gonna sleep <laughs> for a fucking week also i fucking quit um yeah yeah this is renee's last episode i forgot about that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh again i read it in 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 broad daylight uh but it was so so creepy. <laughs> but it was so good, and I do love the the uh, the different art styles and things like that. If uh, so, like um, so, I guess my my question here, I have a question now. But um, did you have a sort of like the idea of what art styles you wanted with, or were there like artists that you wanted to work with, and you sort of worked on the stories together, or was it just kind of like um, you had the stories and then you know found out after the fact, or or found people afterwards? Yeah. It started out as writing the stories. And as I was writing the stories, I knew the art style that I wanted specifically. I didn't know the artists at the time because I, I later found uh, all the artists I worked with through Deviant Art. Um, and oh, nice. I'm so happy for that. But, but yeah, I, I wrote the stories. And when I wrote, like, specifically, I started with issue two and then worked back and did the issue one stuff. But with like issue two with Tolls the Bells, that first one, I wanted the manga art style, the kind of uh, Junji Ito type art style. Then the second one, I wanted that surreal, dreamlike, atmospheric art style, the raw horror one. Um, Mm -hmm. And then with Destination, the little girl with the triangle, I wanted the more modern contemporary art style, but with pretty great lighting and uh, Federico Gillen knock that out of the park and then with the last one acolyte from the beginning i wanted that one to be like a dr seuss-esque art style because it fit <laughs> yeah. perfectly because in the beginning yeah. it starts out all like family friendly like oh it's mr hinklehorn that's a dr seuss name mr hinklehorn <laughs> wakes up and he's like oh my dog luhu good morning luhu like all this stuff and then as it progresses it's like oh people are like giving mr hinklehorn a lot of crap during his day but he just responds with a smile and basically being like, well, take care. Have a good day. It's like, what the heck is up with this guy? Mm-hmm. And as it goes down, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is like 
this is like the dark tapes of a Dr. Seuss book. This is like Dr. <laughs> Seuss in a, a dark period in his life. And he wrote this and he was like, I got to put this under the file. I got to put this under the file cabinet. <laughs> so no one can ever find this. Yeah. Yeah. As an adult, nothing more terrifying than somebody who just goes about their day happily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I really did like that one. I think that one was actually, uh, I, I think the, the, the school one was probably my favorite and then the Hinklehorn's the second favorite because I just kept like waiting for the, uh, <laughs> for the turn. And yeah, yeah. I was pleasantly mm-hmm. surprised at the, at the end. I thought that was, uh, I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to spoil this, but I did really like where it went. And again, I love the, the art style and it it very, it fit really well. And so I guess with how different all of these stories are, the fact that they are so different, I, I really did enjoy that even though I was creeped out the entire time. Yeah. Also, I, I think it, I thought it was really funny that uh, in that story, the first story in, in uh, issue two, that they were learning about Mesopotamian culture. I was like, what grade are they in? <laughs> <laughs> It's it's one of those AP uh, uh, late elementary school, early middle schools. It's the ones that's like the college prep or whatever. Well, now I feel now I feel scared and dumb. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a world where the American public education system actually like educates. Yeah, they actually tried. Yeah, Which, when she rolled in the, the the TV screen, I was like, that now we're now we're getting real. I was about to say like she quote unquote tried but then yeah she brings in the tv like half teachers do and it's just like all right watch this documentary right there's there's your learning (laughs) yeah well you know you mentioned you mentioned that there was going to be you've got like plans for future issues and stuff i guess like for folks that are like interested in the kickstarter i guess what what kind of what kind of cadence are you looking at for publishing i see i think as of right now today's recording you're currently successfully funded let's let's fingers crossed assume that that keeps going and on and on um i guess what's your what's your long-term goal with this as you start to roll out more and more issues yeah ultimately i i want to see this continue like there's no and if you talk to any super indie creator, they'll tell you there's no profit in this. We strictly do this because we love it. Like I, sure. there's no profit so far in this for me. And if there is never no profit, I'm okay with that because I just mm-hmm. love writing and working with these artists that are super talented that in my opinion, it's like big publishers pick these people up. Like, what are you doing? Like, these are like hidden gems. Like these are, mm-hmm. are diamonds in the rough basically. Um, and just working with these artists and writing is just amazing. Like it's, it's, it is like a side gig right now. That'd be awesome if it turned into something more in the future, but if it didn't, I'm still okay with that. Cause I'm still going to keep going at this. Cause I just love it so much. So, uh, for those that are interested, definitely check out the book, but just know that I am going to continue doing this no matter what. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and, you know, for folks that are that are looking at the Kickstarter, I guess, what kind of rewards can they look forward to if they haven't clicked on that link and all that stuff yet? I guess what are what are the some of the stuff that you're, you're offering as part of the Kickstarter? So some of the rewards that we're offering, uh, it all ranges from one dollar to sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. The one dollar tier is like a thank you on our social media for anyone that that backs it. And it just goes from there. You can get issue one, which is over 40 pages of comics. For just $5 digitally, you can get both issues one and two digitally for $9. And that's over 100 pages of comics. Um, And physical copies start at $11 and go from there. And we also have an exclusive uh, Disney Avenue t-shirt that 
I think looks amazing. I'm going to get me one. My sister was like, get me one. I was like, okay, I'll get you one. Uh, where it's basically, you guys have read Tolls the Bells. It's the one panel. It's it's the the thumbnail for the Kickstarter, where it's a little boy reaching out of this little oh. portal vortex, I think. It's, it's so, so haunting. No. So you can have that on your chest. Renee, you could have that on your chest to always remind you. No. Of that thing that terrified you. Yeah, you just leave that shirt in your room and then you see it in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see it in the middle of the night and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to save that boy. It's like, oh no, but he's stuck on a t-shirt. <laughs> my instinct is me like, nope, let him drown. Yeah, uh, <laughs> his instinct is fuck that kid. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That that, that uh, TikTok page you sent me a month ago, Brian, I uh, was like, yeah, yeah, yep. Just pretend it didn't exist. Just walk away and it won't bother you. That's the hope. Um, TikTok being uh, <laughs> Latinos against spooky shit. Yep. Uh, I see. I see. <laughs> well, that's that's super exciting. I I really dig this this Kickstarter. It looks it looks super fun. Um, I I uh, I guess Renee Brian, do you guys have any any last questions or anything before we wrap up here? Uh, I I don't think I have any questions, but I do have uh, well wishes. So wish you the best, and uh, you know, keep making that spooky shit for all the people that like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm very, uh, I'm very excited to, uh, to put this in in Renee's room. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to talk after this. And we're going to get a full cutout of something that was in one of these issues just to no. mess with Renee. So, oh, you should uh, get the cutout. This is on the Kickstarter, so it's not spoiling. But in Tolls the Bells, where it shows the creature, the big old splash oh, page, just get yeah. that and put that in his room. You're read, you're reading my mind exactly, Brandon. Um, but yeah, no, this is this is super cool. Um, I guess for folks that are interested, in where can they find you on the internet? So yeah, you can uh, find Disney Comics as D-I-S-M-A-Y Comics on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, you can see all that I'm doing there. You can follow along with my comic making journey with Disney Avenue and my my Golden Age, Silver Age uh, satire parody comic, The Gallows Man, as I'm working along with that. Um, and, and other titles that will come out o- over the next year or two. You can check that out by following Disney Comics on any of those platforms. Cool. We'll make sure to have links to that in the show notes as well as to the Kickstarter. Um, I guess to wrap things up, I, Brandon, thank you again so much for coming on the show and chatting comics with us. Um, this was a, a super blast, man. Thank you, guys. I, I had a ton of fun. Thank you. Yeah. Next week's uh, show, you can look forward to me and Kate and Kate. They're going to be back uh, to talk seasonal comics, but this time it's spooky, not scary. So less of what Brandon's writing and more just like fun time spooks with, you know, witches and pumpkins and stuff. Uh, <laughs> as always, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Disc- and we got a links to our Discord and Goodreads in the show notes. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash IRCB podcast to get access to IRCB movie club, Saga of Saga and all the other stuff that we put on there. It's it's so much content. Um, Infinity Shred does all of our music. They're the best band in the universe. Xander will not be questioned. Thank you to Brandon and Brian and Renee for doing this episode. Thank you to Danny for proof listening. Thank you to everyone out there for listening. If you got this far in the credits, you're the best kind of fan that, of IRCB. That's all I can say. Until next time, though, comics are good, and so are you.
And that's it. That's the show. We did it. It's all done. Easy. (laughs) Cool beans. Don't actually get me like horror stuff, please. (laughs) (laughs) For a second, I wanted to reiterate in the show. I was like, these are my friends of 10 plus years. (laughs) (laughs) These are people that like me. I swear yeah. to God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe next I don't time, actually know now. <laughs> next time you go to the movie theaters, if there's an ad playing, maybe just dip out of the auditorium. Yeah, actually, just- this is this is really funny because actually my, my brothers are also – I have four older brothers. They are also not very much into horror. And so like if a horror movie would come up while we were all watching TV when we were little, we'd all cover our eyes and yell over the commercial. <laughs> so terrible. if it came on, we'd just be, ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, oh, though. Cool. Someone came into that room. That's a real life horror movie that they're yeah. seeing. All these kids. Just... <laughs> oh, man.